We're very thankful today to be joined in studio by Tom Burroughs. He is with the Illinois Family Institute. Tom, it's a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, Will. So let's get to know you. What is your official title with the Illinois Family Institute? Yeah, thank you. Um, I am what they call a field director for Southern Illinois. So the Illinois Family Institute has um, a, a couple of really important agendas. You know, one is to bring the Bible to the public square. So we're involved a lot in informing and educating people about what Illinois government is doing from the local level to the state level. There's another initiative in there called Public School Exit. So there's a group of us, there's a state director and three or four field directors, and I'm the field director for Southern Illinois on Public School Exit. And I think it's really important to mention that this position is new. Can you talk about how long you've been in this position? Yes, um, I met these folks at a conference where they spoke about public school exit and um, I followed this issue for years and was at a stage in my life where I offered to help them a couple of months ago. And four weeks ago, um, I became a full-time employee. They're, they're investing in this initiative. And um, I started about exactly four weeks ago on uh, speaking to pastors, speaking to communities, about what is going on in Illinois schools and the need to leave them as fast as possible. It's a broken system, and it's only going to get fixed by completely leaving it. And uh, maybe that will motivate some positive change. Now, you live in Millstadt, Illinois? I do. And have you resided in Illinois your entire life? No. I'm a cheesehead from birth from up in Wisconsin, and... uh, Ended up through my career. My career was in the food and beverage industry, and Chicago is kind of the epicenter of the food industry, especially something called food ingredients, a subset. So I ended up in Chicago for 17 years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also was in Edwardsville for 17 years and kind of fell in love with Southern Illinois. Um, So when I decided to exit my career in food, we had my wife and I had chosen to move back to Southern Illinois. And what is your faith story? Were your parents devout Christians? Did you find the faith through some other path? Yeah, thank you. Um, I was blessed with incredibly devout parents. We were raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. My wife or my mom was the pastor's secretary. The church was... um, 500 yards if I could cut across the fields, you know, from (laughs) my house. You could hear the bells ringing. Yeah. And, you know, I was in the church all the time. Um, So I was raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. Um, I I now uh, have left that. I'm I'm more of an in an ecumenical um, situation. We just, now that we moved back, we joined a church in Millstadt called Christ Church. Um, And, uh, you know, about 20 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago, my life wasn't going the way I wanted it because of dumb decisions I was making. And uh, I got in a car one day and decided to stop listening to some of the trash I was listening to and hit a button in a car 
and there was a Christian talk show on. And I, that began a journey of getting closer to Christ. And um, I was born again back in 19, actually 2004. Mm. Um, I was born again and uh, just developed a much more personal relationship with Christ. And, and everything started to change in my life. And I really feel like this is the next step that God has called me to. It's interesting. I was, I've been pinged for a decade about a mission, some kind of a mission when I end my life. And that's exactly how the Illinois Family Institute views the public school exit, that it is a mission. Um, the, our children are being contaminated. And um, we are going to fund this campaign and we've got some really interesting plans to make this a, a big movement in Illinois. So let's talk about the public school exit and what the genesis of the Illinois Family Institute making this a primary focus of their efforts. Uh, why is the question, I suppose, would then just be simply, why of all the issues in Illinois, which there are aplenty, uh, is this so critical in the Illinois Family Institute's eyes. Yes. Um, it's What's happening is it's just ungodly. Uh, you know, Christians have a decision every day. Are they going to follow God's way or are they going to follow man's way? And you can't look at what's happened in Illinois if you're following God's way and not do something about it. There is a progressive race to the bottom happening between Illinois, California, maybe the state of Washington, as to who's going to become the most progressive school system in the country. So I'll just, you know, the one thing I've learned over four weeks, people are aware of the issues, so we don't need to spend lots of time on them. But I'll just review a few things quickly. It started with Common Core, Barack Obama, drove that across the country, Bill Gates Foundation. It was a set of standards, um, internationally oriented, and new methods of English language arts and mathematics. Interestingly, there was only two academics on the, the group of people that formed these, and both said, no, the, the, the math doesn't make sense, and the English language arts is going to dumb down America. So that raised some concern. Then there was a new um, teaching standards that um, are around basically cultural sensitivity, Marxism, um, racism. Uh, it, it's, a, it's kind of the new progressive woke agenda, but teachers have to, in order to be licensed, have to learn and understand and uh, in essence agree to these new um, culturally sensitive standards. It sounds really nice until you dig into them and see what's in there. Marxism, uh, curing racism through racism, uh, critical race theory, uh, these types of things. Then the big thing was uh, the passing of the law in August of 20 or 21 that by, Ju- by July 1st, 2023, all Illinois public schools must have a comprehensive sexual education program based off of the National Sexuality Education Standards. 
written by the who's who of progressives. Um, academics from pro- progressive institutions, Planned Parenthood had a major Im- uh, voice and imprint on these standards. And interestingly, now to take it to the end, the people who were on that standard writing committee have also, so there's standards and curriculum. It's two different things. National sexu- sexuality standards have to be met, and they, get, they list all these various, they call them age-appropriate, but yet we're talking pornographic images in mm-hmm. second grade. Um, <clears throat> those have to be met, but then you have to write a curriculum, or you have to use a curriculum. Well, some of the same people that wrote the standards have written the Illinois curriculum, and uh, you, it's available. You have to really dig, but any Christian that read it would say, this is not appropriate. I mean, the basic assumption is, is that all kids are going to have sex, and they're probably going to start having sex at age five, or grade five, excuse me. And uh, at that point, the Illinois Family Institute was like, stop, no. And, and it's gotten worse and worse if, if you, I'm now able to stay on top of Illinois legislation. And it goes into, you know, they want to decriminalize drug use. Um, <clears throat> they want to teach uh, kids how to effectively use marijuana. Uh, it just goes on and on when you dig into what democratic progressive legislatures have proposed in this state. So, you know, I, I'm sorry to go on and on about the issues, but you can't have even a passing knowledge of this as a Christian family and without concluding that Illinois public schools are not neutral venues of education for our children. And I think that this idea has quickly become very unpopular, and it's the reason why you see some on the left trying to distance themselves from these ideas that were just recently uh, very popular ideas within the left-wing body politic, because most people, right, center, and center-left, I believe, look around and see that, particularly in the Chicagoland area, that you know, kids in the fourth grade can't read at a fourth grade level. Kids in the fourth grade can't do fourth grade mathematics. They cannot do the core functions, but yet we have politicians trying to program a political agenda into educations where we can't even get the reading, writing, and arithmetic uh, baked into to children, which are the foundational things that people need in order to hopefully have a quality of life that we expect out of the American experience. With all of that being said, uh, there is a cost oftentimes to Christian education. Perhaps not everybody can afford that. So there are needles to be threaded if the average citizen is going to make that difficult decision to, quote unquote, exit public schools. Yeah. You said a lot. <laughs> Let me unpack a couple of points. Let's get some numbers out here. And, and these are, I might be off by one or two percentage points, but they're alarming. Math proficiency, meaning uh, at a proficiency level or higher in national test scores in the state, according to the state's report card, 32% of the students 
uh, junior uh, high school, juniors in high school are proficient in math or better. English language arts, 38%, 35%, something like that. Science, we do a little better, 49%. Um, we're spending $16,200 per student on average to achieve well below average test scores. So um, you said it better than I will. These are, there's not only uh, biblical reasons, but there's performance reasons to leave Illinois public schools. Number two point, there is a major groundswell from Christians to more people that live their life uh, agnostically. Um, there's a groundswell that something's got to be done. So I get asked, what are the answers? And you know, how can I afford the answers for a lot of families? So um, d- homeschooling has over doubled since COVID. That people were forced into it. And then families started to see what was being taught. And now you're seeing, you know, angry parents at school boards, et cetera. So um, homeschooling is, has been proven to be an outstanding way to raise children. Um, I think, you know, there, there's some stigmas to it that I think are falling away. We just showed a movie in uh, Collinsville, Nashville, Decatur, and Chicago called Schoolhouse Rocked. And a, a couple, he was a Hollywood uh, movie guy. They are deep, devout Christians. And they decided to try homeschooling, but they did it in a car with a trailer behind them, going around and learning about the homeschool movement and filming this movement. And there are so many resources available today. It is very mainstream today um, to do homeschooling, and then there's options of homeschooling. So I'll, I'll keep going, um, and I'll, I'll bounce through some of these. I'm talking to pastors and say, could you start a Christian day school here? Um, surprisingly, that's a challenge for a lot of pastors. They know the issues. They agree with us. But there's some fear and trepidation on there on some, many of them, uh, due to they have teachers in their um, congregation parish, and and I don't do this. I'm worried about my 501c, and you know there's either real bold pastors or and there's probably a lot in the middle and timid. But if you're not bold on this issue, it you're not making the impact that that you should make. So I strongly encourage them to start a school. Um, they could house a school. Um, there's school models now. They're called micro schools. They're called university schools. Um, they're called co-ops. They're each a little bit different. A homeschool co-op is a group of families coming together and homeschooling together. They need a place to house. The churches sit idle from Sunday evening, arguably, arguably Monday morning through Saturday. Right. And there's all this space, so I'm asking pastors to let people do a co-op inside of that building. There's university models. Yeah, that's interesting because that's a concept I've never heard of before until right this very moment. Yeah. And I've been working in Christian media for 16 years. Okay. Co-op movement is really big. Here's what it gives you. It gives you a built-in support system. You know, you join up with three or four other families. You have 15, 20 kids in the school. And there's some commonality. You're working on the curriculum together. It's all parent-led, and it's parent-taught. But it's just a it's a little bit easier way to homeschool, but it's all parent. Well, sure. Many hands make light work. Correct. The micro-schools are 
tuition-based. They're run by um, an owner of the school. They hire a teacher to create to teach a biblical American history um, reading, writing, and arithmetic curriculum. Parents have a lot of freedom and a lot of input, but they're not running the school. So um, it's another good model, but there's cost in that one. Uh, I ask um, another great model. I'm learning all about it. I never realized the effectiveness of the one-room schoolhouse. It's enormously effective on, on um, developing sensitive, well-educated, sensitive people. I mean, you have older students teaching younger students. They don't have bullying issues. They don't have violence issues. They don't have uh, a lot of the, the, the problems that bigger schools have. One-room schoolroom could be housed in a church. Um, I'm asking pastors, if you can't do any of those options, make public school exit a mission. I mean, this program, be real simple. This is good for children. This is good for the church because we're supposed to raise our children to follow God. The church is losing um, teenage people and young adults at a rapid rate. So this helps the church and it helps America to do this. So I'm saying make it a mission. Start scholarship programs. Um, do a, a half-price school mission where you're congregation funds half-price scholarships. I mean, things that are, I learned in business, things that are free have no value. Right. (laughs) But um, if you can do a half-price tuition program, I think most families can pull that off. Uh, I'm asking pastors and and business people, uh, homeschooling people need um, resources. They need a place to congregate. Um, one of the real leaders in the homeschool movement started a homeschool resource center. I believe it's Belleville, Washington. It's, it's right outside, um, right by the border there, Canadian border. And it's a place for homeschool moms and dads to go to have a cup of coffee, <laughs> to mm. be around other people, and to have a plethora of resources for them to continue. It's not too bad teaching a second grader. But when you're getting into eighth grade and above, you're talking some tough subjects. And, you know, these are things where people need help. And there, there's an abundance of help. Um, the, probably the, the biggest need in homeschooling is advanced placement. And, and universities are now stepping up where advanced placement type students can go get college credits and can go take university programs, but uh, I, I drifted from this resource center. That, that's a business idea that either churches or people um, could get involved in. Now is, um, does, does the IFI have basic resources on their website where people can go and reference some of these things yes, that you're talking about? Yes, we have uh, all kinds of solutions, and our, our goal is to educate and inform. Um, now, the public school exit group we're working on a strategic plan right now that we want to do more than just educate and inform. We want to help implement getting people out of public schools, help people who say, I want to, I have a group of women up in Greenville. They want to start a Christian school, but they're struggling. Um, They're struggling to get their 501c3 status. They're struggling to get pastors to 
to open up their church. It looks like they're going to have to buy some land, so they've got to do fundraising. They've got to choose a methodology and a curriculum. All of these we have uh, lines to, uh, and we'll be building more on our website. Our IFI website is filled with information and knowledge about not only what's happening, but can direct people to some solutions. So a quick Google search of Illinois Family Institute will yield the website, but the actual website is ifi.org? www.illinoisfamily.org. Yeah, on our website, um, illinoisfamily.org, you can find all kinds of information, leads um, to different types of programs. You can contact us and we'll come and help. We'll speak. We'll. Uh, I'm working with a couple of Christian schools right now trying to help them um, get over the break-even hump, as mm-hmm. it were, uh, given my business background. So uh, we also need money. We're also, there's ways you can donate. You can donate online. Um, you can also, our address is there so you can send a check. Uh, I'm telling you, this organization is lockstep um, on their mission. It is a biblical, godly mission. You can see everything on our website about what we're about, what our values are, what we believe, and then see how we act. Tom Burroughs from the Illinois Family Institute with us today.